ideas are everywhere. Welcome to Lessons Learned in Marketing, the Phoenix Group Podcast. My name is Kevin Hayes, and I'm going to be your host for today. In this episode, we're going to talk to Vitaly. He is the COO and co-founder of StackAdapt. StackAdapt is a native advertising platform, but they do so much more. You're really going to love his views on native advertising and how it fits into your content marketing program. So Vitaly, who are you and what do you do? Um, I'm Vitaly. I'm the co-founder of StackAdapt. I, um, I do a lot of roles at StackAdapt. I, um, I have product reporting to me, design, a lot of marketing functions, so a bit of everything. Uh, but my function is technically operations, so I just make sure that we keep the lights on and uh, things are progressing. <laughs> ah, great. And uh, as uh, so StackAdapt is a native advertising platform. Can you talk about what native advertising is and, and how it's progressed over the years? Yeah, so I think native advertising is uh, native advertising and StackAdapt. I think are very misunderstood in many ways, and uh, I'll tell you more about what we do. And I think we did we did a good job promoting ourselves as a native advertising company. But now we do so much more um, since the since we started in 2013. Uh, but native advertising, um, it's oftentimes confused with sponsor content. Um, so with, when, you, when you talk about sponsor content and native advertising, they are in a sense similar that they are promoting content. So it's, they're both part of this kind of overarching content marketing strategy. But with sponsor content, you usually work directly with the publisher and you host the content on the proper, uh, publisher property. So for example, maybe you'll work with an editorial team and they'll actually write the content for you. But with native advertising, you basically embed a preview of the content on the site, and then that preview of the content clicks out to your blog, for example. So that would be native ad. Oh, I see. And uh, so Stack Adapt is in um, that uh, realm, which is uh, you provide the platform for people to get their stories out and um, uh, on various other websites and then that drives traffic back to uh, the story which is hosted on the the client site is that about right yeah that's correct um, so with um, if we t- talk about sponsored content it's more of a uh, brand awareness um, strategy where you targeting pretty much every reader that's coming to the publisher website but with native advertising, because it's delivered through a real-time bidding technology, you're able to cherry-pick only the users that you want to show the ad to. And that's kind of the advantage of it. Um, primarily, it's from costing perspective. So you can get users to your blog and have them read your content, usually at a, at a much lower rate. And then the relevancy of the user is higher. But you, you're missing kind of that brand association with the publisher. So if... Uh, for some strategies, you you do want to have your content affiliated with a uh, with a publisher, especially if the publisher is very well known uh, brand. Um, but for um, for kind of performance based strategies, usually native advertising, that's kind of where um, it's uh, is bread and butter is. Interesting. Um, can uh, so when we talk about native content, we're really talking about driving uh, stories um, or driving stories out to our, our audience which is uh, driving I guess long-form content out to our our audience is that is that fair yeah so we, we typically don't and uh, I guess that's the reality of um, advertising in 2018 there's so many different terms uh, we typically don't call it native content 
Um, we, we usually separate it between either sponsored content or native ads. Mm. Uh, but usually, yes, usually the primary uh, fit for it is uh, long-form content. It, it can be short-form content, but it's at the end of the day, it is content. It's not necessarily you driving user to uh, just a uh, sign-up form uh, to get them to perform certain action. Mm. Um, typically, it's used for uh, using content as a vehicle to kind of build awareness or engagement. Okay. So let's take a step back a bit. Can you tell me a bit about why you started Stack Adapt and what problem that is trying to solve? Yeah, certainly. So I myself come from media buying background. So I've done uh, programmatic trading for a couple of years. Um, so once I graduated out of school, uh, eight years ago, I pretty much jumped into programmatic space. It uh, almost didn't exist at that point. Uh, but uh, myself and my co-founder pretty quickly identified that um, we work in the same company and we pretty quickly identified that their state of technology is uh, is pretty underwhelming and a lot of the promises the programmatic um, had in early days, it didn't deliver upon it. So that's why we, we just saw a clear opportunity to just build uh, advertising software in a different way. And at the same time, Kind of the concept of native advertising started emerging, and we we uh, we recognized that there's actually a way to serve it through real-time bidding technology. So we kind of brought these responsive units um, combined with audience-based targeting, and we were basically the first company that even coined the term programmatic native advertising. Um, but at this point, you know, uh, in early days, it was all mostly around. Oh, look at these cool units! You know, we can get your content on publisher websites, and, and they generate high click-through rates. Uh, now we got to be to be really sophisticated, and we can actually measure return on investment, measure brand lift, sales lift, uh, all the result of uh, of these native ads being delivered in the first place. Uh, so our product is evolving, but it all started with basically a cool idea of uh, building a responsive unit that works really great on mobile and desktop. Mm. And what do you see the role of native ads in the landscape of all digital marketing happening out there? Uh, yeah, so I can I can definitely speak um, to the role of native because we we even though we build marketing software, we also run a marketing organization internally uh, where we also want to ultimately generate an interest from clients. To use our software, so we employed a bunch of different strategies. You know, we've done um, things obviously as basic as using our own software, even to billboards and sponsor content. So we've we've kind of tried it all. But um, after kind of experimentation point, uh, experimentation point, you get to the, to the stage where you you doubling down on channels that work really well, and for us. Uh, paid media has always been really strong because we can we can reach relevant users pretty much on demand whenever whenever we want to. So unlike search engine optimization, we don't create content and wait for 12 months for it, for it to surface. But we can create some great piece of content and then put um, dollars that we would have, we would have otherwise spent on producing more content that doesn't generate any readership to actually get the content read. Um, that's kind of the power of, uh, of, of paid media. But in terms of, um, just last point, uh, um, in terms of kind of the role of native advertising, you know, like I said earlier, it, it was, in earlier days, it's more of an awareness strategy. It's more of, um, we have really cool content. Let's get people reading it. 
now we're getting to a point where attribution and measurements of, um, of native advertising getting to a point where you can connect the dots between, um, okay, I had the user read this piece of content, and then seven days later they sign up on the website. We can clearly see the path to conversion, and that's where we can start proving and comparing native advertising in line with some other high-performing channels that typically um, you know, reserved maybe for search and social. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I've really valued about native advertising is I've noticed that it when we've run uh, native advertising programs with our, our clients, uh, sometimes the traffic isn't as vast as something like display and uh, or even Facebook. Um, but I've noticed that the, the quality of that traffic is often much higher. And so when you're talking about results, I have found that we've got to get away from some old school metrics, which are still quite prevalent today, which is around, oh, impressions, oh, and our click-through rate, and all the stuff around getting people to your website. Um, but, you know, the value I found in native advertising is that native advertising delivers a high quality of traffic, not necessarily a high quantity. And so hence, that really helps our, our clients achieve their goals. So can you talk a bit about how a brand would measure the value of native advertising in addition to what you've talked about with following the the, the user journey through and the click-through rates and conversions. What are some yeah. other ways that people can look at valuing uh, or measuring the results uh, of native advertising? Yeah, I absolutely agree that uh, things like impressions and click-through rates, they're kind of uh, becoming irrelevant when, you, when you're able to track some more meaningful metrics that are closer to um, kind of the bottom of the funnel towards um, an action or purchase. But at the same time, you know, click-through rate can be valuable for, for brands that don't have an action online, right. which is absolutely fair. Um, historically, we've, we've looked at the value of native advertising from a perspective of uh, engagement. So, for example, if, uh, if a brand is promoting content, uh, what is the ultimate goal of uh, brand, uh, what is the ultimate goal of user arriving to this content? Well, to us, it's user spending time actually reading it. So measuring things like time on site was a natural progression for, uh, for our platform because we understood that fundamentally, if people are promoting content, they want users to read it. Um, and then associating the cost of getting the user to read that content as well. Because, um, yeah, maybe average time on site is really good, but... Um, maybe for, for whatever reason, it's actually really, really expensive to get the user to, to, to get to that point. So the cost of that engagement, in our view, is also very important. But um, to, to an earlier point of uh, scalability of native, um, it's true that in earlier days, it was really hard to scale native because there was just not enough native inventory uh, to deliver a lot of volume um, of impressions and click-through native ads. It's pretty much solved at this point. Uh, we're, we're able to scale campaigns probably better than even oftentimes display. Um, we're able to scale um, things like dynamic retargeting uh, through native. Uh, we can go down to radius targeting through native, uh, something that's only historically been reserved to display, but now native just has so much scale. And with that, we can start basically val uh, judging the performance of native advertising um, alongside display and comparing those two channels uh, side by side in terms of their ROI. And uh, we're seeing native 
as a whole just beats display by a huge margin and largely because of the efficiency of getting the user to the website um, and then also different engagement model. So with display, it's um, it's kind of at, the, at this point it's hardwired in, uh, in everybody's brain that you click on a banner, you you arrive to a landing page and maybe a sign up form. With native ads, because you're promoting content, you're delivering uh, you're delivering value to a user uh, beyond just the product that you're selling. So it can be, you know, we've seen companies using so many interesting strategies to to build that engagement. Uh, they use quizzes, they create infographics, long-form content. Um, and then at the end of the day, how to value the impact of this content is whether users are coming back um, maybe days later and actually signing up and being able to attribute the user, which at this point we can, being able to attribute them to that first engagement, um, you're able to judge the, the performance of native in line with, with display. So. Putting those head-to-head, we've been beating display pretty much every time. I'm not surprised that you are beating display. Uh, that is, uh, it has for many years been providing less and less returns, um, but cheap, lots of inventory. If your inventory actually gets viewed by a user, which 50% of it maybe does. Uh, so um, happy to hear that the delivery of more meaningful content in a more strategic platform uh, is, is working for you guys. Um, can, can you give some examples of strategies that companies have used um, or kind of walk us through uh, some examples of of good native advertising that you've seen? Yeah, certainly. So uh, before I do that, uh, I wanted to elaborate quickly on the viewability point. Oh. So I absolutely agree that, you know, in a context of uh, display um, and how it compares to native, a lot of people think about uh, display from a perspective of viewability. Has the ad been viewable or not? But reality is, and uh, that's something I heard, I guess, fairly recently, is like whether the ad has actually been seen. And judging by the click-through rates on display versus native, it it becomes a lot apparent that actually people, maybe it's loaded in view, but people actually don't see display ads. So, um, and you can judge it simply from a click-through rate perspective. So you can easily see the incremental lift in a native ads versus display, you can use the same creative, and you can see that people will likely cl- click on native ads more often just because it's seen more frequently by people. And then when it comes to like a more of a bottom funnel strategies, um, with display, currently majority of display attribution relies on post post impression conversions, which in my view is very soft. Everybody can just. Uh, stuff every browser with ads and then claim that they've converted the user. But to the earlier point that if the user doesn't even see the ad, how can the platform claim that they've driven certain action from a user? That's where native is really powerful because we look at it only from a post-click perspective. So in that case, the user not only clicked on an ad, they've arrived to the site, spent time reading content, and whenever they convert, you can a lot. You can attribute with a lot more certainty that that was the content that drove that conversion, not some ad that was loaded, half in view, never seen, never clicked by anybody. So that's also an advantage of native over display. Yeah, and one of the things that I like about what you're talking about is attribution modeling, and many organizations 
uh, or uh, attribute or use the last click attribution model as the thing. And if you're using standard Google Analytics metrics, um, by default, Google Analytics will um, set you to a last click attribution. And uh, to get a better understanding of your brand, you really have to look at all parts of the journey and where did people interact with your brand, uh, what platforms drove those first pieces of interaction, and how uh, did those people who convert, what are all the different types of mediums that they, they interacted with? And um, I'm not sure I've seen high last click interactions with native um, advertising, but I certainly have seen uh, repeat visits that then do become uh, conversions yeah. uh, after they've read native advertising, the post-click uh, activity. So that's a great point. So uh, on this point, actually, we've done a, a consumer study last year to understand how, how people actually buy um, online these days. And what we discovered is more than a third of consumers discover the brand for the first time on mobile, and then they go back um, to desktop to actually complete the purchase. So what that means is that that first interaction that arguably is the most important one that drove the action doesn't get attributed because, um, because at the end of the day, how do you get to the website? You usually go to Google, you usually punch in the, the company that you're looking for, and that either paid, uh, paid search result will show up or the organic search result. Um, so naturally, I, I could see why it's a default view from Google Analytics perspective, because usually you tend to capture those users then, but they, they've arrived there oftentimes uh, because they've seen an ad earlier on that actually drove the action. And uh, what many of our customers start seeing is that as soon as they turn off the paid media that drives that initial expo exposure, it actually affects the volume of um, of the search, uh, uh, like branded search results um, uh, on Google. Um, so that's where um, last touch attribution. I absolutely agree that it's not it's not uh, bulletproof. That there's uh, a lot of ways to to improve it by looking at a kind of the entire journey. Yes, uh, I I agree with that wholeheartedly. Uh, we see that all the time. Um, that being the uh, people are searching for brands first on their mobile and then they're coming back to the desktop to make the actual final conversion or purchase or lead. Um, of course, that depends on how big the conversion is or how many things they're asking for. But um, yeah, mobile is definitely the uh, the first touch point for almost all brands we work with, whether they are um, government or their sports teams or their e-commerce or they're just strictly content consumption place. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, I, I went on a huge thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, I never end up answering your question. Sure. About yeah. Execution. So um, if you, if you don't mind, I can just yeah, dive please right do. in. <laughs> um, so in terms of kind of executions, uh, there's so many cool things that brands are doing and I, uh, we definitely look up to them even uh, and adopt some of the strategies internally. Um, you know, there's really no, no necessarily rules of how to do it. Um, we see, we see brands mix short term, uh, short, uh, short form and long form content. Um, as much as, you know, you hear everybody talking about everybody's attention span becoming shorter and shorter. Realistically, long form content is such a powerful channel to communicate sometimes complex ideas or uh, create this really long lasting impact that I think there's no harm in mixing, uh, mixing up 
the types of content that you're promoting. Sometimes maybe it's more visual and more of a on the go type of snackable content, but um, there's no harm in in exposing users to a more long form content, maybe more technical, um, more kind of a text heavy content. Um, there's really no uh, no uh, kind of rules there. Uh, also, we we see a lot of companies that do have resources. They're investing quite a bit of energy in creating um, content experiences, so to speak. Could be an image gallery of user-generated content. It could be interactive quizzes, which we see more and more, actually. And they work amazing because they're, they're, they're very non-intrusive. They, they're fun. Um, they work great on mobile. And they nudge person towards um, performing certain action after a few responses. So it can work really well for lead generations and so forth. Um, naturally, promoting blog can be really powerful. Something that um, maybe sound counterintuitive because you would think that it makes perfect sense to drive user to a landing page and just drive them to the form and get them to sign up right away because you don't have to get them to click from one page to another. But what we're seeing is that nowadays it's so hard to get people to buy anything online. They, people need context. Uh, they need to understand why they, they're asked to sign up or why they asked to buy something. So exposing them to, um, to content can be that valuable step of uh, just educating them or inspiring them to, to do an action. Uh, so, for example, uh, one, of our, uh, one of our clients, uh, Porter Airlines, instead of driving users directly to a sign-up page, they actually have been promoting their blog where they talk about really cool things to do in destinations that uh, their airlines fly to. And that just inspires people to perform certain action. Uh, so it may sound counterintuitive that you drive people to the blog, which typically often seen as, a, as a, just awareness play. But actually, the end result of people coming back and signing up uh, and measuring them on a cost per acquisition metrics, it actually ends up being a lot more efficient than driving users to a sign-up page. That's really interesting. The uh, almost first date to marriage that people have with their user, meaning the first date might be the click on the ad, but then immediately we're asking them to give us their information before we've had any kind of um, engagement or relationship building practice with them. Uh, I, I really like the opportunity for Native to introduce and start building a relationship with the audience. I've seen, I was reading an interesting article about uh, content and our attention span, and uh, I don't believe, so this article was stating that attention spans aren't actually getting shorter, and it had cited some examples of long-form content that worked, but in, in my own experience, we are just putting out more terrible paid content that's why it seems like attention spans are shorter but there is i have personally put out videos paid videos that had, were two and a half minutes which goes against almost every marketing blog that you read um and those completion rates were you know 60 ish uh a percent and the reason being is because the content was highly relevant to the audience that was after. And so uh, I really appreciate that good long form content will perform well uh, in a variety of different ways. Uh, but also what you're talking about mixing short term or short form and long form content is, is a good strategy as well. Um, 
Well, I think the reason why it's, everybody kind of gravitate towards this like content factory mentality of just pumping content mm-hmm. is because they always feel like they need to have this like daily conversation with their following or maybe on social. They always feel like they need to constantly bombard their customers with, um, with more content. But, and you know, we're, sometimes we're guilty of that too. Um, because building really valuable long form content is difficult, um, no matter how you, you put it. But, you know, we find that it's the initiatives that take the longest usually produce the best results because mm-hmm. it's, you're absolutely right. It's not, it's not necessarily about the number of people that are actually exposed to your content. It's, a, it's really about the depth of that, uh, of that engagement. Um, like you can certainly, like you should definitely amplify everything that you produce because there's always more people that would benefit from reading this content that, that actually read it. But, um, uh, I kind of lost my train of thought. (laughs) That happens to me all the time. Uh, so if, how would an organization look at evaluating if native advertising is right for them? Uh, well, my question would be, how do they evaluate if display advertising is right for them? So, <laughs> yeah, if 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 they if the organization doesn't do any paid advertising, my my recommendation for them to, would be to go to search because that's where the lowest hanging fruit is. But as soon as they tap tap that channel out, and there's only so many people look for any given product at any given time. It makes sense to to look elsewhere uh, to find other other audiences that are just not actively looking for um, for for a product like yours, but maybe they're indicating signals based on their browsing behavior, but it's just not as explicit as just typing in the the brand. So usually in native advertising, I would say uh, if you do paid media, if you do display advertising, native advertising is the right fit. If you don't do paid, start with search. Mm. And uh, I, one other thing that's valuable about native uh, is if we're looking at, well, so many people are adopting ad blockers now and native is a way to overcome that. Um, is, is that a fair statement? Uh, no, actually, it's a very common misconception uh, because sponsored content, it, it cannot be blocked by ads because it's just deliver, uh, sorry, uh, by ad blockers because it's delivered like editorial content, but native ads because they're served through RTB, um, through programmatic pipelines, um, it's susceptible um, to ad blocking as well. So um, it, it certainly um, is not, usually ad blocking is, it's almost non-existent on mobile uh, within apps. So that's why you have a lot of distribution through mobile. Uh, but on desktop, it can certainly be blocked, regardless of how valuable content is. That's, uh, that's a common challenge. Interesting. Um, do you have any uh, tips on what not to do when it comes to native advertising? Um, yes. Uh, so typically, I would uh, to kind of uh, follow up on what I said earlier, I would recommend driving users to, to content. Um, and then using retargeting to get the users who've been to content, uh, to who've read the content, to bring them back to complete uh, maybe an action. 
Um, so you've built up that kind of intent and interest in your product, built up credibility, and then you have an opportunity to bring them back through retargeting. So that, that works really, really well. Uh, typically, we, we recommend staying away from what you would normally do with display advertising. With display, you would load it up with call to actions. You know, you try to make it really stand out. With native, actually, it works really much better when it's sort of neutral. So images are text free. Um, you're kind of following similar uh, strategies that you would normally use on Facebook. So keeping high resolution images um, and explain the the destination of that click a lot better. So um, the the problem that I see many people do is they kind of adopt this clickbait mentality, but it actually doesn't work in the long run. Like you will get the user to click on an ad, but if they arrive to the site and the content that that's there is really really boring, they will bounce immediately, and you you're just wasting everybody's energy. Um, so we typically would rather see lower click through rate, but higher engagement after the click. So I would typically recommend creating creative. Um, or producing creative that very clearly explains what the user will be taken to after they click on a native ad. Oh, I really like that. I'll take a lower click-through rate with higher on-page behavior. That is a great attitude to have. Um, anything else that you want to share with our audience about Stack Adapt or native advertising? Yeah, um, I mean, uh, I would recommend you you guys checking out our blog. Um, we do a ton of writing on on the topic of native advertising. Um, there's so many things happening, and we feel like we're just in a in the eye of a hurricane with a lot of different changes in the industry. And it's, it's certainly a very exciting time to to learn about other ways to to acquire customers online. Um, but yeah, we're we uh, live and breathe every day by by digital and programmatic advertising uh native just happens to be a really great format uh but how we actually find users online is is kind of what we're putting most of our energy now um in our opinion buying ads on like buying native ads online can be fairly easy at this point there's a lot of companies that offer native ads i think what's really interesting is understanding who actually gets to see these ads who clicks on these ads and what kind of results these native ads actually produce. And that's kind of where we invest all our energy in. Uh, one more follow-up question to that. Um, uh, can you explain a little bit more what that means about um, you guys are, are focusing on finding the right audiences and, mm -hmm. and how, how people who use Stack Adapt, what they can learn about their audiences uh, yeah. through your platform? So um, remember I earlier said that uh, I think Stack Adapt is misunderstood uh, when people think of us as a native advertising platform. We are. That's how we reach users. But at our core, and we've evolved at this point to be a data company first. So we recognize that uh, the challenge with any existing advertising platform, maybe except the two biggest ones, Google and Facebook, is that you rely on buying third-party data uh, in order to target users, but this third-party data is usually either really expensive, or um, it, it well, and it comes um, prepackaged, um, one uh, one audience pool for everybody. So if for whatever reason it's not working for your brand, like it's not generating results, there's no vehicle 
no, no mechanism to go back to the data company and say this segment, however it was built, it doesn't work for me because they can't change it because that's what they serve for everybody. So we recognized that challenge a couple of years back, and that's where we started investing energy in mining our own data to understand um, exactly which users are we targeting. Um, so we, um, we control what exact users get added to a segment in, uh, that we build for every brand. So every company that starts working with us, we would create an audience pool, um, and it would actually be tailored directly to that brand. So it would be each, indivi uh, each individual brand will get its own personalized audience pool. And what's more interesting about it is that because we're able to track certain events like time on site or completion, uh, video completion rates or uh, conversion rates, we can validate a lot of the assumptions about what users are relevant to a particular brand and just continuously optimize this audience pool to, to just generate the highest intent users. Um, so that close feedback loop, just basically that's, that's kind of what, what is our secret sauce is, and that's why the performance of, on our platform can be, can be much stronger than any other channel is because it's not, it's not just native. It's actually who gets exposed to these ads. Um, that's, uh, that's kind of what separates us from everybody else. Interesting. So uh, if I understand the sum of what you've just said is you create audience pools based on the brand directly. Um, you don't plug into generic audience segments that are built and get served to every brand, no matter who you are. Yeah, so we, we do plug in uh, with third-party data, but uh, there's a clear distinction where um, we use third-party data and where we use our own data. Ideally, we'd want to evolve to where we could supply all data, but currently we're focusing only on intent data. So we, we're focusing on uh, users that are actively researching to buy a specific product or maybe travel to a specific destination. or um, So user looking to perform certain action. Um, so we're, we, through Stack It Up audience uh, management, we're not able to identify users who have a household income above a certain level or if they have education of high school and up or, um, or they have two kids. Uh, that kind of data is not available on Stack It Up. That, we can only access that, this data through third-party data. Um, but our own data is all focused on the purchase. So. If you, are, if you, for example, selling um, uh, juicers, to us, it doesn't matter if you have two kids, one kid, you're married, or you have uh, university education. It doesn't matter to us uh, because you as a user are actively researching different juicers, and you're reading forums to try to compare which juicers is to buy. And we can identify that behavior and say that that user is interested in buying a juicer. It doesn't matter who who that person is, but all we care about is that that user has intent. So we have kind of the same approach as with uh, search. It doesn't really look for um, this demographic uh, targeting per se. It looks at more of an intent. The user wants to buy a juicer. That's the user we're going after. Ah, that's great, man. Um, where can people find you? Um, www.stackitup.com. And uh, myself, um, I'm trying to be active on LinkedIn and Twitter. Um, just uh, you'll probably have to 
look up my name in the podcast description. So we'll have to leave the links there. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I will do that for sure. Uh, we could go on for quite a bit longer talking about uh, native advertising, uh, but I really believe in it. It's worked well for us. We work with Stack Adapt. Last plug for you guys is that one of the things I value about your platform is you have a self-serve platform, which is really useful for organizations like us that like to manage campaigns in-house in some cases. Uh, so we've enjoyed our working uh, relationship with uh, Stack Adapt, and uh, I'm sure you have a boatload of clients that do as well. Well, I, Kevin, I really appreciate it. We, uh, we love building software, and we love that we can create value. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks so much, and I look forward to talking to you uh, again sometime. Kevin, thanks so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. If you have any questions about native advertising or anything we talked about today, send us a note. You can reach us on Twitter at The Burning Bird, or you can email us at thepowersthatbe at thephoenixgroup.ca. We're always looking for guests for the show, so if you are interested in that, please send us a note. Otherwise, look forward to talking to you on the next one.